This is a post-Christian podcast. We are the sacred collective. All are respected. All are heard. All are welcomed. Join us. Welcome to Revolution. Meet your congregation. This is uh, Jay Baker and Caleb here, as always. Um, Meet Your Congregation is a podcast of Revolution where we do just that. You meet your congregation. And so we're online and we want people to know each other. So we're trying to get everybody to talk a little bit. Um, Today, uh, we have someone from right here who's in the studio live, which is a rarity. Mm -hmm. Usually we're onlining from Tokyo or something like that. (laughs) Um, all our Tokyo <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Shouts out to all our Tokyo listeners. Good to see you. Um, but yeah, so today uh, we have our friend Brian, who is... Our dear, dear friend. Our dear, dear friend Brian, who uh, Caleb works with, and I'm sure they'll fill you in a little bit more on that. Brian does a lot of different things. He's a UCC pastor. He is a... Father. Father, <laughs> a dad, a husband. Um does uh, Sacred Collective, which is a online community, mm-hmm. which I'll let you guys talk about. Another post-Christian podcast on my network. Brought to you by Caleb's Industries. And um, yeah, so the, Brian does a lot, and Brian also has spoken at Revolution quite a few times. And we've been friends for my, don't have much memory anymore, but for a very long time. So we'll talk about that too. Brian? Hello. Thanks welcome. for that. Thanks for that warm welcome. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. It's very nice. Welcome. Cool. So, uh, Brian, how long have you been going to Revolution? How long have I been going to Revolution? Um, pretty pretty much since Jay moved here. How long has that been? Like five years ago? Uh, almost six. Almost six. Maybe a little longer. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I don't go all the time as much as I want to. As Jay said, I'm pastor kind of ish in the UCC. I'm not done. I'm not ordained. Um, but I would classify myself as a pastor in the tradition. So I spend a lot of time um, being at my UCC church, and then when I can uh, get away from there and have some downtime, then I go to Revolution. But I've listened to Revolution pretty much since Jay was in Atlanta, um, listened when you were down there, and then when you moved to Brooklyn and was there, and then I had a little panic attack in a good way because then when i found out jay was moving to minneapolis i was like oh my god he's in my backyard <laughs> yeah. so yeah so listen to a long time long time listener and <laughs> part-time member uh-huh. <laughs> cool um we've already alluded to it a couple times but since this is kind of just about getting to know uh the the congregation member that we're talking to why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your passion about your baby the sacred collective yeah, um, as Jay and Caleb alluded to, I have a podcast that we started called The Sacred Collective. And the funny thing about that um, was when I, I've always had this kind of passion to do, to t- not to reach, I don't like that language maybe, but to just connect with people, a lot of former evangelicals who've been burnt out by the church for religious, spiritual, whatever kind of trauma. And I always kind of was in my head um, of wanting to do that. And then when I got into the UCC, I kind of put that on the back burner um, just because I was like, oh, I just feel like I'm going to do parish ministry, which is just, you know, church work. Um, And then we have an advisor in our process. And my advisor, his name is Brian as well. Like we meet, you know, a couple times a year. And I remember just saying like, hey, I have to do something. And if I don't do this, 
then I'm going to go crazy if I don't. He's like, do it. And so put it out on Facebook to see if anybody wanted to help out. And obviously my wife was supporting me, and she said I'm part of it. And then another person who's no no, no longer part of it just due to health problems. We kind of met back in, I don't know, the summer of 2017, kind of just had this battle plan of what we wanted. Um, all that probably went by the wayside except for our name um, of the name Sacred Collective. And well, some people don't like the name, but I love it. Um, and we call it Sacred Collective because we think everyone has a sacred story no matter how little or how big their story is, and we're a collective of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and kudos to you, Caleb, because – we were just going to have like a small group and kind of do more church that way. And then I went to Revolution one time and, you know, saw because you guys kind of test that the physical people that come to Revolution isn't as much as who listens online. So it's pretty easy to see like, hey, someone's new. Uh-huh. Um, they're out, out at Bryant Lake Bowl. And I saw Caleb and, you know, we just started chit chat and I was telling you about Sacred Collective. And you were like, hey, I have some audio equipment. You want me to come over and, you know, start recording? And I was like, hey, that's a good idea. And then it kind of just rolled in from there, and we've been going strong ever since. Yeah. I've, uh, I think you and I have had a conversation before um, where I kind of feel like there's so much crossover between the physical con- congregation and the people who attend Sacred Collective. I feel sometimes like Sacred Collective is almost like the unofficial small group uh, you know, kind of like weekly, biweekly small group meeting for a lot of people who go to, to Revolution. Because our friend Curtis, who uh, we who you hear on Revolution all the time, uh, has led a couple of uh, talks that you can find on the podcast uh, there. And um, there's a handful of other people. Robert has been on quite a few times. Robert, who people will recognize also from Afterglow episodes and from uh, from the Meet Congregation yep. very recently. Well. By the time this comes out, it won't be that recent. Okay, but uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So it's it's really cool to have this, there's a crossover between those those communities and a lot of shared familiar faces. Indeed. So yeah, do you want to talk um, a little bit about uh, how you became familiar and acquainted with Jay? Yeah, um, I think I said this to you, Jay, a long, long time ago, but um, I I think the first time I remember hearing you speak, I mean, I grew up. The same as Jay is in the Assemblies of God. So pretty much since I could walk or talk, the Baker's name were big in the AG Church. I went to North Central University where where Jay's parents met, and they gave money for the Skyways that were there. Um, So I I grew up knowing the Baker's, like not knowing them personally, but knowing the name. And and PTL and my grandparents, um, they were passed, but they gave a ton of money to PTL growing up. So I've always known um, who Jay was and his family. But there was one time, I want to say it was maybe 2001 or 2002, um, an AG church, I think in Eden Prayer, which is a suburb here, brought Jay in to speak. And I remember, I think you were talking about grace, all that stuff. And I was just blown away because I was like, here's this guy who's talking about God in church. He's all tatted up. He's just in blue jeans and a T-shirt. And I was like, there's someone like me. And so even back then, I kind of was just like, I felt kind of called to help people out towards God. Um, and I was like, I always thought like you had to dress up really nice, prim and proper, because that was the way I was taught. And that's how people were in church. But as someone who's like in punk rock music, hardcore music, and 
tried to skate, but I was really bad at it. Like, I just and into just the, into the music scene was in a band for a while. You know, hearing Jay kind of give that you know like hope to people, I was like, that was just I felt like you opened that door for me to to say like, hey, I can look and act and whatever like like jay so that's crazy and all these years later i i never thought in a million years our paths would cross um because you know you were you know in atlanta and then brooklyn and then you moved here and and then i remember um asking you to if i could interview for my dissertation and you were like yeah well, heck why not and i was like okay and then i oh, kind that's of right and then our friendship kind of just where did we do there. that at? did we do that at morrissey's Can yeah bar yep. yeah that's right yeah so yeah that was probably 2014 that I interviewed you yeah. and, and then you know became better friends over the last couple of years too cool yeah just hung out mm-hmm. so something uh, that you talk about in the UCC a lot and that we alluded we in another, I'm not sure cr- chronologically when these will all come out but um, something that we allude to in another meet your congregation with our friend uh, Lawrence our, our mutual friend Lawrence is is uh, the UCC conference that you and I attended together to do a podcast, or th- we did a podcast episode that you were going either way, but you brought me along to mm-hmm. to help with that. Um, and we, we talked a little bit in that uh, in that episode that we did, which is also on the Sacred Collective, about um, like the the term that the UCC uses, uh, Church 3.0, different ways of doing church. Um, it seems like you're attracted to communities like that, you know, with revolution. Like I guess for for the layman, for people who aren't. Uh, familiar with that language, uh, Church 3.0 is this I- idea of like you know bar churches, uh, coffee shop churches, stuff like that. And it seems like you're attracted to that with uh, creating a space like that with the Sacred Collective, and you know coming to Revolution. Um, what what about that approach to doing church attracts you to it? You know, I will first want to say like I don't have an issue with being in like quote unquote a physical church. I mean, brick and mortar, brick and mortar. Like my dad, you know, I grew up going to my dad worked as like a custodian at this big Lutheran church in St. Paul and we lived in the parsonage. And so I grew up, you know, always after school, always going over there and hanging out in the sanctuary, looking at the stained glass windows, looking through hymnals. Yeah. So I've always had this like affinity and this reverence towards you know the church and the stained glass and like my ucc church one of the reasons i love the church isn't because like yes i love the hospitality and and their theology but you go into the into the sanctuary and there's all the stained glass um which tells the bible stories and stuff like that and it's beautiful but so i don't have an issue myself with going to you know a physical church or brick and mortar church but i've also my whole life always felt that um in a way, I'm a kind of against authority. Um, maybe not against authority, but I always want to push back. That's just how my brain's wired. You're a punk. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, my it's when when a pastor, or like a theologian, is like, "Well, this is what you have to believe," or "This is how you have to be." The fir- first thing that kind of goes into my head is like, "That's bullshit." Yeah, I mean, you have to go from the Assemblies of God to the UCC is a pretty gigantic. Well, job. and I actually had people in the UCC because you actually have to pass all these tests and go in front of these committees to even be like, yes, you can be towards this track. And I had several several people in the UCC claim that I was like a wolf in sheep's clothing oh, because they were That's like, brutal. well, because they were like, well, we, we have a lot of people that were Catholics or like Lutherans or Presbyterians, but not many people who are evangelical, especially like Pentecostal 
which the AG is. And so there was that. But And I still loved my UCC church, but they can tell also how, like, I I don't want to, at least right now, where I feel like I'm called to do is not parish ministry, but to keep running with Sacred Collective. Because, I mean, we don't have as many downloads as, you know, some of these other bigger podcasts. Um, but, you know, we have a couple hundred downloads every every couple weeks. And obviously people are listening. And I, there's a lot of people around the world who just can't walk into a church for whatever reason. It could be they had a bad, you know, upbringing. They could have, you know, any sort of mm-hmm. spiritual or trauma or abuse coming at the hands of the church. And I want to be that person, not just as myself, but as like Sacred Collective or others, that they could they could come in and find a safe place without having and to talk about God whether they believe in God or they hate God or whatever and to have a safe place for them because a lot of times people even sometimes in my own church people are like why aren't more people coming in why don't people want to come to church and it's like it's not anything you're doing per se it's just some people really are allergic yeah. lack of a better phrase to go into church mm. because of all the shit it's that's good. happened no, to them true. and I want I want to be and I know Revolution as well wants to be a place where we can connect with those people and give them hope and grace and whatever um, to help them live a better life. And that's, so that's why I love doing what I'm doing. And, you know, the, I was, I've been asked by my denomination, by the Minnesota Conference, um, to be a part of like the Church 3.0 think tank for the UCC, so I'm one of... It was just funny, because I'm the only person that's not ordained oh, um, that's a part of it, and we are actually... I'm actually emailing the office um, here in Minnesota that's like, hey, when are we going to talk about this more? Because you're giving lip service to it, but let's talk about it mm. um, some more. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like what would really behoove any kind of denomination, especially Protestant denominations, is to come behind and support Ministries like Sacred Collective mm-hmm. or Revolution or yeah. other, you know, A through Z, these ones that exist. But I feel like they really don't know that it does exist until mm-hmm. people like me and others kind of step up and say, hey, we exist. We're these communities out here that are really thriving, but we could also use your help. Yeah. <laughs> Whether through prayer, financial, word of mouth, you mm-hmm. know, publications, whatever, whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. people, I mean, too, I mean, you guys <clears throat> speak about a lot of diverse stuff. With the Sacred Collective, yeah, I was I gonna mean, say we like, have spiritually, belief-wise, we have a diverse group. It's hugely people. diverse, mm-hmm. and it's hugely like different thoughts, different ideas. You know, crazy topics. You know, I'm always like, "Wow, you guys are talking about what this week?" You know, I'm like, you know, you'll tell me, "Oh, we're talking about this," or you'll tell me, and I'm just like, "Oh, wow, yeah, better you than me." <laughs> um, no, but I mean, even when I came and spoke, I was just really like surprised about how like diverse and open and the different backgrounds that everybody came from in the community who were, you know, all speaking on the mic, you know, mm-hmm. and that might be why it took me so long to warm up to the idea of having an open discussion and having an afterglow for revolution originally is because it was like, you don't know what so you're going to get, you know, just yeah. the variables. Unknowns. And, and I think that's almost kind of a new, another next step into this kind of evolution of, church in a bar or church outside of the church or whatever, you know I mean? That's kind of, you know, kind of been done, you know, but now it's like getting all these diverse voices and people are like, I'm an atheist or yeah, I'm this, or I don't know what I believe, you know what I mean? And bringing Mm -hmm. them together and giving them voices. Exactly. Um, So that's, that's pretty, yeah, pretty cool. I mean, I I always 
you know, I really appreciate that about what you're doing, the work you. you're doing, and, and uh, constantly thinking about that stuff because that's, you know, mm-hmm. it's a different beast. I mean, I hope people will, will go and listen to Sacred Collective because it's like, you know, it's not revolution. Yeah. You know, it's a different, uh-huh. it's a different it's a different thing, animal, you know? for sure. Yeah, it's a new thing, and I think people need to be, you know, open to new ideas. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've just stuff. been blown away too by the crossover that we've had where like you said jay i've i've come and spoke at revolution a couple of times you the one time that i wasn't there we were actually out of town on vacation you came and spoke which uh, i heard it went well um and then just having you know we've peppered in the last six months to a year different um interviews um and we love doing that too we just um so so it's just really cool how the being a listener to revolution so long but having our friendship grow and then kind of having like Caleb was saying like in a way sacred collective and revolution kind of having that inter intermixing and interworking yeah. but being way different in a lot of ways as yeah. well so totally. that's that's pretty cool how that's kind of just evolved into it's a pretty what it cool is now. Con- yeah it's a pretty cool connection it's pretty cool to have that kind of watch things kind of just grow mm-hmm. together and it wasn't intentional at yeah, all no. but it's just kind of happened like that which yeah. is really cool so for sure yeah that's something that attracts me to um to places like revolution and sacred collective is uh you know one the sense of community like we're talking about and how pe- people can have shared interests and a shared desire to uh, engage with conversations around spirituality and stuff like that, but within a place that is going to uh, embrace you and um, and not not try to guide you in your time of doubt or or in your transitional time spiritually to a certain destination. Yeah, you know, like I know, um, I, don't know I guess this was like yeah, probably two years ago, Jay, when we when I interviewed you first for my uh, Air of Grievances podcast. Remember? Yeah, you know, a couple years ago, I was like, I told you, uh, you know, that was. Struggling with with my understanding of God, my definition of God, and I was like, man, you know, I, I'm sometimes I get kind of jealous jealous of like my atheist friends or people who are willing to just totally be like, you know, I, I really just don't know about this. And you're like, man, then if that's how you feel, then then feel that way, then explore that, you know. And it is it is uh, that was like to me just a very in a pastor a very attractive trait or in a friend a very attractive trait to be like, you know, man, if that's how you feel. Then, then that's on your heart, you know, for a reason. Maybe not for a divine reason, you know, or maybe for yeah. a divine reason. But like that's, you, it, it, I think, repressing, suppressing those doubts and things like that. Well, it, it's like shaking up a, a bottled soda, you know, or a pap. Yeah, a bottle of pap. It's gonna explode eventually. You know, you're just pushing stuff under the rug, and it's not gonna just disappear and, and go away. So Brian, how how would you describe the community of Sacred Collective or the the uh, I know that maybe um physically or uh um racially specifically we're not that diverse unfortunately. <laughs> but uh but how would you de- uh, describe the different diverse um types of beliefs and and worldviews that are there? Yeah, I mean, there's definite um diversity. I wish we had more racial diversity. I would say the only racial diversity is my wife is half white, half Mexican, and that's about all the diversity we have. The rest of us are all white. Mm-hmm. Um so I would love to grow our physical Robert's Romanian, that's something. Well, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Um but I would love you know us to have more people and I know everyone's so busy with their lives cuz everyone's more and more busy so they can't always come on on Thursdays when we do meet. But I would say like theologically or religiously you know some of us are christians 
Some of us are atheists. Um, some of us are queer. Some of us just don't really know what the hell we believe, and that's fine. Uh, we love it, and I, I, I always tell people not all, not every time we meet, but I was like, I, you know, if you come in and you want to have a relationship with God, and we can help you do that, great. If you come to, you know, Sacred Collective and you want to help us, you want us to help you, maybe even deconvert, great. Or mm. you just want to sit there and be like. I just want to take this in and see what happens. That's fine. I mean, we're we're very um, purposeful of not trying to push any one's view or beliefs on on them, but literally having that open space to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we do. And yes. it seems to be working pretty well. Cool. And there's actually one of uh, one of our longtime attendees. I would say Eric. So shout out to Eric. But he actually posted on his Insta story um, a couple weeks back where he said how much the Sacred Collective meets or means to him. Um, oh. he's, he's going through issues and some personal issues in his own life. And that just, I mean, that almost made me tear up because we have a good rapport. I don't talk to him all the time, but knowing that we're doing that is really huge. And I know it's cliche, but you hear people say, like, only if it touches one person that yeah. it's important but it's true though i mean i would still be doing it if only one or two people were moved by it because it lets me know that hey this this needed to happen this needed to be taught or mm-hmm. sacred collective needed to happen because it's helping these people out mm-hmm. yeah totally and we we uh support each other in more ways than just spiritually you mm-hmm. know like um i was in the hospital for a while and i got out and um Yourself included, and, and, and Kayleen and Amanda, a, a, a group from the Sacred Collective, put together a little gift basket for me because I hadn't, you know, been able to work for a little while. And, and you guys, you know, put together some food, found it, and uh, we like help each other. We've helped each other move house, you know, and stuff like that. And and so yeah, it's a very supportive, very very loving uh, community. Um, so Brian, something that we always ask people in these is, oh yeah, what can revolution do to be better? Yeah, or worse? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or do worse? Yeah. What? Uh, Have Jay speak more. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Uh, what are we doing well? What can we improve on? What can we focus on? What can we stop doing? It's like our one main. It's like this, the only segment, the recurring. <laughs> That's a recurring segment, segment of the Meet Your Congo. We should start get a get a sound. Yeah, just like me too. Yeah. What can yeah. we do? Yeah. Well, you guys know what that sound means. It's time to ask him the same question. What can revolution do better? Um. I, I mean, I guess I don't really hit. I mean, I think you're doing stuff great. I mean, I think the afterglow is a great idea that you had, Caleb, and having people kind of. We got to stop thanking Caleb. What we can do <laughs> is stop thanking Caleb yeah. for the afterglow. Stop thanking Caleb. No, but that, that <laughs> I need good, positive reinforcement. <laughs> that was a good idea, though, because so many times you you hear a good sermon and you wish that you could either go to the past or tell other people if they have the same things. So often you go to church. You hear a good sermon or a good talk, and then it's like, okay, you're like cattle, and you have to leave. Yeah. And so having mm. the, no, the, the having the afterglow is great. And I know I've, I I listen to the Revolutions feed every week when it comes out because I luckily have a job that I can listen to podcasts for like eight hours a day. <laughs> yeah. um, and so you know, having a lot of people say like it would be really great if we could have some time in the near future, just like a plate like rent out a room or like a party room or do something and just have people come in and mm. 
and and hang out and have a good time to see because i know there's a podcast that i listen to i won't say what it is but <laughs> they have like a, a yearly like get together like this big kind of soiree and people from all over the country and world actually come in and they do a live like podcast thing there but you know they drink they eat they hang out and i think that would be really kind of fun to yeah. have like a, a like once a year get together just whether people here just at the physical congregation and people from all over the country and the world to come in would be fascinating. Just be like, we're all here in the one place now. Yeah, like, I think that would be a really cool idea. I mean, I know the logistics and financials would be something to think about, but I think mm-hmm. that would be uh, kind of fascinating to do. Yeah. If there's a listener out there who's good at, at organizing things like that, holler at us because that's – it's not my strong suit. It, it's it's tricky enough for me to even schedule recording. Planner. Yeah, I know we do. Yeah. We need a lot of things, but just to schedule recording these mutual congregations in blocks that are convenient for everyone and not have too much downtime in between them and stuff like that is is I'm not great at scheduling. Is what I'm saying. So if, if there's anyone out there who wants to help us out, wouldn't mind. Sweet, 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 sweet. You wanna you wanna uh, plug anything, Brian? Maybe plug where people can find Sacred Collective and, and our, our uh, social media handles. Yeah, um, you can find us. Our podcast is on iTunes. Uh, just go to the Sacred Collective, um, and our, a lot like, more than iTunes. Well, yeah, a lot yeah. more than iTunes. So I think wherever that's like you listen to wherever podcasts. you listen. Sorry, <laughs> I misspoke. Wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes included. Um, and where our little logo is like a little skeleton head, yeah, skull cool. head with the Sacred cool. Collective it's on really it. Cool I, I like it. Um, so wherever you know you can get your podcasts, we're there. Um, we're pretty much just solely on Instagram and Facebook. I do have a Twitter, but I kind of stopped tweeting because Twitter's dying, I think. Um, and we <laughs> never is. we never really get any play on there, I guess, with that. So we have a Sacred Collective Instagram, which is um, at SacredMN. Um, so find us there. We put, you know, my wife's our social media manager to help out. So she posts all of our um upcoming talk that we've had or interviews and just what we've talked about and so that's pretty cool and then if you just type in the uh, sacred collective on facebook that'll bring you to our page um where we're trying to get a better bigger community but sometimes it's so hard to do that when you work full-time you have a little kid at home and ucc stuff and podcast stuff to do so want to get better with it but those are the three ways oh and i would say too we i i I hate to say this even but when you go listen to our podcast write us a review Uh or you know rate review and subscribe yeah rate review and subscribe because those are huge um i did realize we we only (laughs) had we only had five (laughs) rates for a little bit and the last time i checked it went up by three Ooh, nice. So we got eight. So it's really hard to get people to, yeah, to rate it, it. To even it, just click on five star or one star to click on any stars. So those things, those things are huge. Um, with just like people subscribing, or even if they don't want to subscribe, and they're like, "Hey, there's one interview or one talk is great," then that's fine too. But come on, subscribe. Cool. You'll hey, love it. Um, you'll love it. Do you want to maybe point people to a specific episode to check out? Maybe uh, Jay's episode would be a good one. Yeah. Or like we've had some really cool interviews recently. Yeah, I, I would. Think- I would point to jay's interview i think that was last summer so i it's forget. called demons it's an episode called, i think it's like it's in the first five episodes okay it's an early one yeah i think i don't know it's called demons yeah <laughs> so that one was like, yeah. Titled, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talking about demons <laughs> you're bringing out your pentecostal yeah. um that one is i will say that one is lower quality back then we didn't have the same audio setup that we yeah had and then i would say the last couple interviews were really good too um our my friend josh de kaiser 
um, who I went to seminary with, but he lives in, in Holland now. And his, he's a, he has his PhD in Bonhoeffer uh, studies. And that one just came out a a couple weeks ago. And then my dear friend, Dr. Scotty Williams, who's, uh, actually started, uh, a church in, in his Canton in Switzerland. So that was really good. I mean, our interviews are really, really good too. And just our, our other talks are well too. Like our talk on, I think it was called deconversion snowballs. Um, that was an earlier one too. But that was kind of how we, um, a lot of us have deconverted mm-hmm. either from our faith. So our friends who are a part of it, how they deconverted from Christianity to atheism. I think it's called and, deconstruction. Oh, See, de- yeah, de- deconstruction yeah. snowballs. Sorry. Yeah. It's um, a slippery slope and <laughs> I'm loving the ride. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a good radio voice. I love it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm partial. I think they're all great. But um, those ones that we just talked about, I think were are pretty solid. Hell yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for being part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, find us on social media at SacredMN. Hi, I'm Caleb with Post-Christian Podcasting. If you enjoyed this show, you might also like another Post-Christian Podcast, Pastor Jay Baker's Revolution Church. Y'all remind me, too, of your your upbringing, right? Do you have any, you want, have any issues you want to talk about that you know, things we didn't do right you know, that parents could benefit from? Oh, man. Um, well, you, I mean, it kind of goes a little bit maybe back to – I want to preface any, any way that I respond to that by saying it kind of goes back to the whole thing of intent. You know, and, and you all were intending to do well. You know, and you were. It was. It wasn't like you were trying to be. Um, even though you're you're an army man, you weren't trying to be militant. You know what I mean? You weren't trying to to uh, be invasive, but uh, and, well, and not but, but and um, I will also say, uh, I, I I think I can say this in a uh, in a nice enough way, but like. I think that there is something to be taken from the fact that me and my five or me and my four brothers, all five of us who were who were raised, you know, private school and all that stuff, and there's something something to be observed just in the in the fact that we all pushed back against it. You know, I think that there there's something being done wrong in trying to I got, I, I heard this metaphor that I really like in in a small group that I used to go to that you you don't, when when a caterpillar is going to become a butterfly. It's not smushed into a butterfly mold. You know, it's not like you take a caterpillar, you smush it into a mold, and then it comes out a butterfly. You know, it's that you 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 nurture it and you feed it, and or you know, it is fed and it it lives and it grad. You know, whenever it's ready to, it becomes a butterfly. And not not to say that being a Christian is being a butterfly. And you know, I'm I'm uh, very in- inclusive with my um, religious beliefs personally right now. That's just where I'm at. Uh, what makes the most sense to me, but anyway, um, I don't know. I just think there's something to be observed from that. Just the fact that like so many people who are raised in a um, in an environment, and a lot of it was the schooling. It wasn't even directly just you know the parents. It wasn't you you know directly necessarily, but like um, I think yeah. It, I just I I think that being in an environment where it is reinforced by the authorities, that you have to be this way. You know, and that this is right and this is not. I think that, that um, 
you know, every teenager rebels against, well, m- most anyway. It's, it's, it's a pattern in, in teenagers to rebel against authority, you know, to have authority issues and stuff like that. And, and, and so even just even if just for that period of their life, um, that's why punk rock music exists, you know. Looking back for me, like one thing I don't do is I don't make my kids go to, to church um, because I was made to go to church. And I, sometimes I wonder, like, was I brainwashed to believe everything I believe, you know? If I had a free choice, would that have been different? So I don't force my – I mean I take them when I when their mom can't take them on Sundays. But usually I ask the mom to take them on, on Sundays as well because – so they don't have to go to church until I feel like they're at an age where they can really kind of understand it more. Yeah. I mean I'm glad to ask them – they ask me questions about God and stuff like that and I give them my best understanding. But um, so that's something that I've tried to change with with how my parents did it because you know I went to Christian school as well and church every – <laughs> Sounds like almost every, every single day. Day, pretty much. Um, but at the same point, I've talked about this in sermons before. Is like how we should write letters to the to the people in the church that 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 disillusioned us and thank them because we're doing the work we're doing now is because yeah. we saw that because yeah. Caleb got forced to sit in a room for three hours till somebody came up and was probably going like this is this is shit. This is not real. This is not yeah. the truth. You know, and for us now to say, well, we're not going to dip abandon ship. You know, we're going to stay in it and try to fix it. And even those people who have left the faith, you know, and you hear them talk about it, and I'm going like, well, you wouldn't be at your enlightened point of your life where you don't believe in a, a being in the sky or whatever if it wasn't for the stuff that you had gone through. You know, and I'm like, so we should learn that we can't go back and change anything. We can maybe learn. We definitely can learn from the past. And not make the same mistakes, but the fact is, is realizing that we wouldn't be the people we are, you know. And yeah, I have a lot of mental health issues and different things like that. But I don't know what it would have been like had my parents kept their ministry, and where my mental health would have been like that, or who I would have been, or if I would have been one of those people who were hurting other people in the name of Christ. So, you know, I've learned to kind of also appreciate those hard times, appreciate those who even who even put me in bad situations because I, I now as a human being don't want to put other people in those situations. Hey, that's a good question, dad. How, how has your theology evolved over the years as, as far Uh, as like where you came, where you came from, where you started at and where you are now? Yeah. So, you know, as a Baptist deacon and all that, but the, um, it's funny. You used to come home from Christian school and I'd say something and you go, you really, you thought I was a heretic. Did I really? I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I, I, I never really accepted the full doctrinal questions, uh, even when I was taking hermeneutics, right? Like, um, so, yeah, it's been kind of a slow march, I suppose. And you, there are times where you hear something and it resonates. And throughout my whole life, really, it's been the same direction. And that what you all have been saying just resonates like wow finally somebody gets it right uh, i don't know if that answers what you're saying okay yeah that, that means a lot yeah wow that's incredible to hear yeah yeah no you you, you all look great thank you dad wow thank you that was a post-christian podcast